Welcome to the institution, public education about education for families, educators, and even students of all ages. Today's section is originally posted on Friday, July 26, 2019. It's all about back to school today, and I'd recommend this to parents. For this section, I'm going to try to do it a little bit less scripted, since the previous sections have all taken a lot more time to produce than I can spare during the school year. So let's see how this goes. I've been on some subreddits, both looking for topics for future sections, as well as contributing to the community. I'm on parenting. And recently, I've been seeing a lot more posts about back to school concerns, first time kindergartners, new schools, and the like. There's a lot of worries on all sides, parents, teachers, and of course the kids. And there's really a lot to worry about from logistics, like what do you need to bring to school for the first days, bell schedules, lunch, and more complex issues like how your child might or might not struggle struggle to find their footing and a friend group at school. It's a lot to take in and think about, and while we really can't figure it all out until we get there, we can all get a little bit more prepared. So we're just going to start off with some mundane things, or maybe some more logistical things like things that you can find out by contacting the school office or the district office, or if possible talking to the actual teacher. We'll start off with school supplies. And in general, we don't, or teachers don't really need you to bring anything for the first days because we're going to have a bunch of supplies for whatever might be coming up for first day activities like the get, the get to know you activities um, for ele elementary school at least, or a syllabus for high school. We don't really do heavy work for the first week. Um, it's all preparation things, at least for m most normal public schools. If you're in a more accelerated private school, it might be like first day, get to know you, let's look at the syllabus. Second day, okay, let's get to work. But in general, we are the most prepared for the first few weeks. I mean, teachers are the most prepared that they will ever be for the students because we are probably taking the week before the first day of school to get ready. So I wouldn't recommend that you worry about packing a bunch of school supplies, everything that you need from A to Z for your child um, until you get a school list. What teachers will do is that they'll have a supply list, at least for elementary school again, because that's sort of my wheelhouse, um, a list of supplies that we would want you to either contribute to the classroom or what we would expect you to bring. And for a lot of schools, especially for lower grades, so for kindergarten, first grade, you're going to be getting a list probably when you register your student for kindergarten, or you might have entered an email list with the school for the teacher to contact you. And really you should wait on that because there's a lot of opportunity to overbuy when you're going through Walmart or Target and you see those gigantic bins of all the things for sale. Um, but then again, sales are good right now. And for example, notebooks, you can get them the, the spiral bound, like college ruled or wide ruled notebooks. They're 15 cents a pop and it's not gonna get any cheaper. So it is a good time to stock up if you want to get those staples and then put them away into cold storage or whatever you want until whenever you want them. Um, so it, it is cheaper now if you do want to get a lot of things, but you really don't need to have them for the first days of school. 
moving on um, bell, bell schedules for your school, you'd be surprised that so many parents don't know the pickup and drop off times because they either are having their first child and they are not attending to the information that is passed out from the school. So then they're getting there maybe at a normal bell schedule when the first week of school tends to be minimum day schedules. For example, um, my school, the normal time, well, not to get too specific because it's kind of weird, a weird time. So knowing that time, you might know the school that I work in, but a normal time might be three o'clock. And then for the first week, the pickup time will actually be 1.30 because it's a minimum day for the first week, kind of to ease kids into schooling again. Um, so really, it's usually online, pretty much always online from all the schools that I've looked at, all the schools that I've worked at. And it's super easy to just check out like what is the minimum day bell schedule versus what is a normal day bell schedule. And you're probably going to be following the minimum day one. But there are there's almost always a handful of students that are waiting to be picked up at the front gate, waiting for an hour because maybe their parent or guardian forgot the pickup time and oh no, they didn't plan for it, they can't get off work. Well, maybe they can in an hour, and that's that's a really bad first day of school experience first week of school experience, so really know those times. And for drop-off times, you don't wanna be dropping your child off at the last minute. You should already be adjusting to a pickup drop-off time schedule, maybe a week in advance of waking up and setting an alarm for when to start heading out to pick up your child or drop off your child in the morning. Pretty important, you don't want to be caught up in that gigantic line of cars to drop off your child in the morning because you'll get late to work. You'll be in a mode of panic or rushing and you just want to, you want to keep your first week calm, cool and collected for both yourself and your child. So routines can start getting built into place early um, when it comes to setting alarms on your phone, waking up and even going to bed. But we'll talk more on that later, I think. Um, for next, lunch and snacks. Um, if you don't know, maybe you have a new school, um, maybe the school's changing their bell schedules or changing routines, which happens yearly for some schools because they're like, oh yeah, we'll take a minute here, take a minute there because we want maybe the, a block to be longer, of uh, one block of time to be longer so that maybe the kindergartners have less time before they have their first recess because they're getting antsy or maybe the lunch schedule isn't working out because the lunchroom is getting overcrowded because that's kind of what's happening to schools that they are not built for as many students as there are now. And there is not enough funding to make them larger or there just really isn't that real estate. There isn't enough ground to expand the school. So schedules, timing gets shifted really too often and for better or for worse, I guess. Anyway, um, knowing if your school does have like a snack break or not is pretty important because it will 
pretty much allow you to make sure your student has enough to eat in the morning. Um, I mean, really, it's kind of a silly idea like, oh, some schools don't have a snack break, although in the past, a lot of schools did. Well, a school might sell themselves as like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a snack break. Of course, we care about the children. But really, what is a snack break? Is a snack break that first recess block of 15 minutes where kids are not going to eat and they're just going to go out and play because that's what they want to do. They want to go play, not sit down for 15 minutes to eat a snack while the rest of their friends are out there running around, screaming, shouting, laughing, laughing. I mean, that's not a true snack. A true snack break is dedicated time where kids are, well, it sounds kind of prison-like, but they have to sit down and have a snack. They're not supposed to go out and play. That's what I would consider a snack break because when given the choice between go out and play with your friends or have a healthy snack, they're going to go out and play with their friends, even if they're feeling a bit hungry. Or they'll try to eat while they're playing, and most responsible schools would not allow that. So when told like, hey, go down and eat your snack before you go play, they're just going to jam that snack into their pocket and just play instead. Anyway, the point is know if your school has a dedicated snack break and then pack appropriately a healthy snack. Don't let your kids like sneak off with some Cheetos if you have chips at home because they will do that. Um, pack intentionally and really for lunch or snacks it's better to overpack if possible so that and then reassure your child like hey you don't have to eat this all bring back whatever you don't eat because you basically sometimes have kids that will um, trade off their food that will like give it away to other kids I, I mean this is the case for my school at least a lot of them will have like friends that are like, oh, like, can I have some? And then it's it's pretty awkward to say no. So then they will, and you're definitely not supposed to do this in school, like share food because of, I don't know, I guess allergies and whatever, liability. But every school that I've been at and every school that I've basically been a student at is like, oh yeah, you can't share food. Um, but they're going to anyway, no matter how much we tell them not to as teachers or guard duties or principals. So it's better to give your student more food so that they have food to eat and they have food to, you know, share. And this isn't something that I really would be saying to my actual students and parents. But, you know, with this, I can I can say that. So overpack if possible um, and really don't push your student to try to eat it all because there's not, they're not going to anyway. They're going to eat as quickly as they can and then run out there and play. And they're, they're not going to eat at all if they're jamming in pretty much lunch into five minutes, they as in the school, which is sort of what happens. By the time that we get to the cafeteria, pretty much, it's supposed to be 15 minutes of eating time, which is already ridiculous, and then 30 minutes of playtime for a quote-unquote 45-minute lunch. And when the teachers have brought their students to the lunchroom, waited in line, 
and then the kids are all in there seated and finally have like peace to eat I mean they they hardly have 10 minutes to eat I've often seen my kids have like five and I do try to get my kids there early so it's it's not great but um, another thing to say about lunch I would recommend paying lunch money online if the school offers that or just packing a high dollar amount into like the school bank or whatever whatever the lunch money the cafeteria takes because it always slows down the line when you have a kid like oh I don't have lunch money today and then the basically the cafeteria lady has to write that down or cafeteria service um, not always a lady anyway um, has to write down their name or put some sort of like deficit account onto the under the student's name in their register and it's awkward for a student so possible just pack in a large amount of money um, moving on spend a lot of time on lunch get the school calendar in advance because it's already made it's already pretty much for I'm not sure exactly but for budgeting for for basically getting board approval for a school's calendar it's already set it's been set probably since a month or a month and a half ago and it's online because it has to be online it has to be like publicly published for all to view um, get the school calendar now and block off time for school events the back to school nights um, if you're planning on going the um, parent teacher conference times it's it's already on there and something that comes up year after year with usually more than half the parents in my classrooms but again this is probably also part of the school population that I serve a low a low income high need parents are working multiple jobs sort of demographic um, they don't they don't realize the time or they they don't have the time because they didn't ask for time off from their jobs way in advance they didn't arrange it but you can already do that now so I'd highly recommend um, getting the school calendar to already get prepared for those things because for elementary school more so than pretty much middle school and high school of course it's really great to for you for your student if you can come in and be at back to school night and pretty much be at parent teacher conferences it sounds weird I'm sure to many of you like oh of course you're going to a parent teacher conference why wouldn't you but a lot of parents don't make it because they just don't make that time and even if the school tries to reschedule it's like oh it's I don't have time in the next week and then three weeks out is it's it's pretty late to talk about your students performance by that time I mean better late than never but um, it's, it's not as easy because p teachers do have a lot of time to do parent-teacher conferences and we have usually minimum days which is why you're coming in at maybe one o'clock when a normal school day would be going on so it's better it's way better for us if you can come during a lot of time for parent-teacher conferences um, I saw on on one of the subreddit posts uh, under reddit parenting about um, parents asking oh 
I want to bring a gift for the teacher, but would that be awkward? Would that be inappropriate and stuff like that? Um, it's welcome. And although it might seem like a little bit inappropriate, like, oh, would I seem like I'm buying off my teacher? I mean, you're not bringing, uh, well, I would assume that people that are trying to do that aren't bringing in like $500 gift cards like a petty well not petty but a, a small amount of like a $10 Starbucks gift card is not going to, going to be misconstrued as oh you're buying off a teacher you're trying to get on their good side I mean maybe to some people like other onlookers but to the teachers themselves it's more like just a sign of appreciation we're not I mean, we aren't in teaching to get bought off. We don't. Maybe in maybe in some other countries that happens, but we we would we understand the appreciation, and we're not going to. A lot of our teacher training is also to be unbiased and to but to sort of instill that in the students that you should be an unbiased. Start or strive to be unbiased and see things from third person and be more critical with your thinking and small tokens of appreciation or welcoming if you have somebody that's a new teacher at your school which is a high possibility since there's such high teacher turnover it's great um, so if you're thinking about it I would encourage that um, looking at the timing that I have on my on how long I've been going with this I think I'm just going to break off the more complex issues into a separate section since I got pretty ranty on some of these what I called mundane topics um, so I'll cut that into a separate section anyways I hope you pick something up from this I hope that it was helpful in some way um, feel free to share questions at institutionpod um, on Reddit or the institutionpodcast at gmail.com or tweet out to me at institutionpod. I hope you're enjoying the last week's summer break. We're all in this together for the kids and we're always learning, but make sure to take care of yourself before anything else. Don't do it, overdo it with the back to school gear. This is the institution. Um, I'll be putting out at least a couple more sections, including the, a section on the more complex issues of back to school, what people might be worried about and thinking, and hopefully things should be helpful for getting ready to get back to school before mid-August when pretty much all schools, including mine, have started up. New sections for the school year will be out every Monday and Tuesday, Thursday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern for the drive to school or the drive back home. Thanks for listening.